The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by Woo More Play. Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Woo More Play has you. You guys, they have the best vibrator. I'm telling you, it has five speeds. It's strong. It's good. It gets the job done. But most importantly, it has a cute vibrator cover. So no more traveling with your vibrator, like being in your makeup bag, getting next to your foundation and your beauty blender. No, no, no. We have now the cutest little cover. It's almost like a toothbrush cover for your vibrator. It's so cute. You want it on your Instagram feed. Plus the coconut oil lube, which is such a standout. You can eat it, lick it, suck it, fuck it. We have a code for you. If you're looking for a little spice to add to your relationship or a one night stand, or you just want better sex, you're going to go to woomoreplay.com and use code him and her for 20% off. That's code him and her for 20% off. I'm telling you, everything on the site is good. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Uh-huh. I believe that the really good brands and the great brands out there, like, of course, they have great products, right? With great ingredients and and all that stuff. But I think the best brands are solving problems. And what they're doing is they're, they're building a community around that the brand they've built and then they're solving that community's issues. So it's like really diving into like really understanding who your audience actually is, what their problem is and how your brand is gonna come into the guide in their life and basically solve their problems. This episode is a plot twist, wouldn't you say, Michael Bostick? It's always a plot twist, Lauren. Yeah, it is always a plot twist. You never know what you're going to get. Someone asked me to describe the podcast the other day, and I said, it's kind of like a bag of checks mix. I always wonder, like, say somebody wants to come in, they're like, I really want to learn more about entrepreneurship. And then next thing you know, you're in an episode all about a threesome. Yeah, you never know. Listen, keep it interesting. Maybe you didn't know you need to learn about that, but you absolutely probably do. No, so I, I, don't, I don't like to keep it predictable. So in this episode, we forced... <laughs> our best friend into the hot seat. He's not only our best friend, he's also our business partner. He works with me on The Skinny Confidential and he works with us on Woo More Play. Definitely one of the secret weapons, right? Because I think like when I think about Lauren and I in our intimate relationship as husband and wife, inevitably I also think about this weird you, me and Dupree situation that we have with our best friend Wesson, who's like my brother and like Lauren's brother. And I always think like, well, this is part of kind of the secret to the sauce, if there is any. Like Wesson brings so much to the table that Lauren and I don't, while also always kind of being a fixture (laughs) with us on our date nights. Wes is on our date nights a lot. He's my best friend. He's Michael's best friend. He was the maid of honor for me in our wedding. He was your, what, groomsman? Best man. Best man. He did He's the godfather to our child. Yes. He he, uh, is a very, very special person to us. He is more than a best friend. He's really a big part of the puzzle when it comes to business too. He brings something very fresh and new to the table. And whenever Michael annoys the shit out of me, I go talk shit to Weston about him. And whenever I annoy the shit out of Michael, Michael goes and talks shit to Weston about me. Yeah. And then he probably talks shit about both of us to each other. (laughs) Probably. Probably. We met Weston when we were 12 years old. We get into it in this episode. It kind of goes all over the place. We talk about our history with him. There was a lot of questions on Instagram story. We talk about why he's single. 
And I feel like he brings a lot of depth to that conversation. And then we talk about his entrepreneurial journey with Wu and the Skinny Confidential. And not that being our best friend is not like one of the greatest titles that anyone can aspire to. And I'm just kidding. But outside of that, Wesson is also an entrepreneur. He is one of the most creative people that I know personally. I think I can speak for Lauren saying that as well. He is a powerhouse behind many of the brands that we build in terms of getting that brand out there, the way it looks, the way it feels. He is the co-founder and CEO of Wu More Play. Obviously, you guys have seen that. We've been talking about it for a long long time. If you go to his bio, it says he sells sex for a living. I'm in the wrong business. Maybe I should have been the CEO of that. That sounds fun to me. He has a big, big, big personality. I know this because I pantsed him at Fidel's in 12th grade. And he also is just the sweetest soul. Like Michael said, he is Zaza's godfather. He also, I got to shout this out when I introduce him, built the bassinet with the pink ostrich feathers on my Instagram out of his head. He's a very talented guy. And with that, I could not be more excited to introduce you to my best friend, my business partner, my one and only Weston Mitchell. Love you, buddy. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. All right, let's bang another one of these out at the old day job in the old salt mine. Here we go. I think it's worth disclaiming that we tried doing this a while ago, but we ended up having to scrap the whole thing. It just didn't, it didn't work out. You were... Didn't get your sea legs podcasting under you. So what was wrong with that episode? Why can't we like just do a TV? Timing was off. Do you even have the recording of that stuff? I'm sure I do. It might be worth going into the archives and and we were drinking into- a lot of whiskey on that one. We were? I was drinking a lot of whiskey at least. I had to settle the nerves. It's weird because you're sober now. I'm not sober. Oh, you're not? Well, you've had like, what, you got two days under your belt? So yeah, good. I think like a day and a half. You literally I I, had a margarita with us last night. Yeah, so it's been like 12 hours. My favorite thing about you and Lauren <laughs> is when you guys bragged to me about the fact that you're like, hey, we're like, I haven't drinking it so long. And it was, it's like a Tuesday. And I was like, I saw you guys drinking on Saturday. <laughs> Dude, like 72 hours is a long time. I like a little nighttime cocktail to take the edge off. Not every night, a couple nights a week. So does Weston. Yeah, I used to, I mean, I, I like to take the edge off. I just hate feeling what that does to me in the morning these days. If I even smell alcohol now, I'm hungover for a month. I'm hungover off literally one glass of wine or one beer. I 100% will feel it. We were talking about this about weed mints. Like I will literally feel one beer. Yeah. So we used to do it a little bit more formally now. Like let, no, we're, just just kind goes of, right in. we're just kind of phoning it in now. The audience is like, oh, whatever. We're, no, you know, you we're got roll a, right a in. lot of questions from the audience. Well, it only took me, what, six years to get on the podcast? Yeah. I feel like you're kind of mysterious on Instagram stories. Yeah. Well, I was in the bathroom before this listening to Eminem's Lose Yourself. Throwing up mom's spaghetti. <laughs> Getting yourself psyched up. Staring myself in the mirror. Weston's a little more shy than Michael and I. You always have been, huh? Yeah, I'm pretty shy. Yeah. Why don't you guys uh, talk about your bromance and how you well, met? Well, let me tell you something that happens my whole life. Well, Weston's our best friend, and many of you have seen him in our channels. One of our oldest friends, too. I think it was, what, 12 years old? I think I knew you before I knew Lauren. No, I knew Lauren first, but I knew you shortly after. Yeah, we, we all met in uh, middle school, seventh grade. Talk about when you guys met. When was the first time you guys locked eyes? Well, playground. Where actually playground was it the shit. playground? Yeah, I was like, I looked up to this person that was about nine feet taller than me. And- the Earl Warren quad. So Michael was four one when we were in seventh grade, and I was five seven, and Weston was eleven ten. <laughs> he 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 hit his peak at, at in seventh grade. Oh, he was six foot. He was literally six foot. So Michael and Weston looked like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger from Twins in seventh grade. Well, we, I, I credit Weston for a lot of things in my life, but one of them is definitely that I got to give you credit for is that 
you taught me how to walk a lot faster because you're so goddamn <laughs> tall that I had to keep up. And so now I can move at the pace of a, of a, a man that is six foot two, six foot three quite easily. Can you talk to the audience about how you and Michael met and how you met me too? All, well, all we we all met at middle school. We met in middle school. Yeah, my, Michael and I weren't really friends right at the beginning. It took a little bit of time for us to warm up. I think I was friends with you before I was friends with Michael. But you then once, and I, once Michael and I met, we clicked. You and I, I became friends first. Yeah, I think so. I can't really remember. Well, what were Michael and I like in middle school? I know what I was like. I was a little bit more of a loner. And that's why you guys clicked first is because... Lauren and I were doing this little dating thing, but then I went through this stage where I was a little bit of a loner. But Wesson and I were always friends. He was always supportive of that. He, I'll tell a story. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why Wesson and I are such good friends, I think, at the end of the day. Wesson is one of the rare people that doesn't try to change anything about the people he's friends with. You know, you get these friends and they're like, they try to like mold or change or get you to the like thing. I always I always feel like with you that I can just completely be myself. Like sometimes you'll come over and you and Lauren will be hanging out. I'll just leave and go upstairs and read. And it's like, it's not a weird thing where other friends, I feel like I got to entertain or do something. And I think that's why we click so well in, in our partnership and in business is like there's, we all three kind of bring different things to the table. You and Weston are obviously a lot more creative. I'm a little bit more analytical. But at the end of the day, I don't think any of us try to change each other. I would agree. One of the first days I met you was in Mr. Kohler's science class. You were wearing a Z-Surf sweater. How do you remember this shit? I remember everything. I was sitting on the chair and I bled all over the stool with my period. I showed you and Michael to gross you guys out, which is like, who am I? I'm such an overshare. Like I showed you guys the bloody stool and you guys just laughed your ass off. And then you started dating my best friend at the time. So we became this inseparable foursome. Yeah, I remember that. I remember also in eighth grade, Michael went through a real loner period. Do you remember that? Where he wore the studded jackets and his grandma with all the patches. Yeah, it was like an anarchy. And then he, he got expelled for... Flipping off all I the teachers. I didn't get expelled. I got suspended. He, got suspended. No, he, he, walked, he walked through the quad with his uh, punk jacket and, and flipped off all the teachers. I've always had a little bit of an issue with authority. No, you also were so non-compliant and it was such a turn on because I'm, I'm non-compliant and you mooned all the cars that would drive by for carpool. And I thought it was like so hot and sexy. That was another suspension. By... by I think by just by trade, if, and this is, I think, why I've had such an issue with like the lockdowns. And I know people are going to get so like, they, oh my God, here we go with this again. I just hate rules. I hate rules. I hate when people say I can't do something. As soon as I hear that, I want to do it. It's like, if you tell me I can do it, I'm not that interested. But if you tell me I can't do it, then I'm like, okay, let me, let me show you why I can. Right. And that's obviously not the best thing especially under the current set of circumstances. But I think that's just innately in me. And I, again, going back to like what I appreciate about you and Lauren is that in my personal life, you guys have never tried to change that where many people have. Have we always been best friends in seventh grade? Michael and I have been pretty close. And then you went through your high school phase where you like started hanging out with a bunch of older guys, left us two behind. I did. I left you guys behind. Well, Talk you about crawling back. So No, that's yeah. not what happened though. You have to tell the real story or I'm going to tell it. That's not what happened. That I, I would came love to hear about. the real story from your perspective, and then we can maybe Weston and I, because there's two of us, we can we can. This is the real story. We can. Uh, yeah, but it was it was both you and Kim. The second we got to high school, you ditched us. Kim and I, who was my best friend at the time, were dating Weston and Michael, and we would all go over to Weston's mom's house in seventh grade, and with our Jan Sports on our back. With remember, we used to take white out and write on the on the backpacks, and it would say like. Michael loves Lauren. Lauren loves Michael. And like, there'd be like a huge dick on my Jansport. Remember that? 
And then we would all go to Weston's. Sorry if Tiffany's listening. Love your mom so much. Weston's mom house. And she wasn't home. And Michael would get a BJ. Well, because she was a school teacher, right? <laughs> and we would like, she would still be. Yeah, she was, she was working and we were partying. And you would get a BJ in the other room. All our dumb little <laughs> friends were out front riding scooters. And Wes yeah. and I were just upstairs. That's getting... wild though. We were only 13 years old at yeah, the time. Yeah, we were advanced. I look at 13 year olds now and I'm like, I can't believe, are they, are they doing what we yeah, were so doing? I'm locking Zaza in the, in the house. Like 13, it's like, whoa. Michael's going to get so much payback. He's not even going to know what to do. No, I think about that often. <laughs> um, and I and I try to just, as soon as it comes in my mind, I try to block it out. But yeah, I mean, I think that's also why I have such bad hangovers is now. And like, I don't know what this, like... How what, are we talking about your hangovers? No, because this is a commentary. Like, we, st- I think we, de- I think all three of us developed really early. Like, like I said, people were outside playing skateboards and scooters and we were upstairs getting they're, after it. They were playing pogs and dominoes. <laughs> like, hey, Michael, do you want to come down and play scooters? I'm like, no, man, I'm going to start getting a blowjob, but you go and do your thing. You know what I mean? I was actually pretty good at it in seventh. But um, no, I think about that now. I'm like, if karma's real which I think it is, then I'm in some trouble. Then we're all in some trouble. So we go to Weston's house. We would do this every weekend. We'd all hang out. I, I can't remember if we had beer at that age. I don't think we did. Mm, seventh grade, not really. We were Too pretty much. much sober. Eighth grade, we started to like, had a couple older friends that started to buy it for us. Yeah. Weston and I had fake IDs before we had actual yeah. driver's licenses. We had fake IDs before the actual state. And I don't even know how that like anybody looked at either of us and was like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we looked like we were like fresh out of the womb and we had these like 21 year old IDs. Which Did your ID say 4-1 and had said 11-12? It had to match. Yeah, it was all it was all. You legit. guys couldn't swap IDs because the height, huh? Well, yeah. And the, the photo and the name and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Ted. Won't put him on blast last night. He had a great <laughs> fake ID back in the day. Yeah, he had um, great IDs. So we used to go to your house and then seventh or uh, tenth, ninth, ninth grade came along. Yeah. And we left you guys. Yeah, you guys left. We stayed together. And all guys, This whole time we stayed together. We just went to Tory Pines. Shout out to Tory Pines. And we went with the older guys and you guys hung out with each other. No, we had some fun though. Listen, Lauren, we didn't like sit there and like destitute wait for you to come back. We were, we were doing our thing. We had fun. Weston and I were roommates together. Well, year. you're skipping over all of high school. Well, you I can't. No, okay. you see, this is what he does. He doesn't want to talk about high school. I don't mind talking about high school. <laughs> talk about high school. Wait, what's talk I mean, about, if you want to go down that memory lane with yeah, us? Yeah, talk about the real, real deal high school. Okay, we hung out in high school, messed around with high school girls, and then that was it, pretty much. No, no, no. What, no. If you have a specific story, bring it up. I'm not going to play the guessing game with you. You and Weston invited me over to your parents' house one night in high school. I had a boyfriend. You had a girlfriend. You had a girlfriend. Weston left early. And you and I hooked up. Yeah, okay. That's not that great of a story. I mean, it's like, it's part of the whole... What about the love for lore? Like origin thing, but... Daddy, but Daddy bought it, I got it. I had a car that's that said love for lore on it. You drove a nice car too. What was that car? I had an old classic car. It was a 1967 Chevy Camaro. Yeah, that was a cool car. That was a cool car. Yeah, we fixed it up. My dad and I fixed it up. Yeah, I love that car. I drove a car that said Love for Lore. And I used to park it outside Michael's parents' house. Quick break because I need to discuss birth control. I've recently had so many DMs from women all over the world asking for more resources and information and discussion around birth control. So... I learned recently that there are more than 21 million women who are not using hormonal birth control, and I'm one of them. 
But now the FDA recently approved a birth control option that's completely hormone free. You guys may have seen me talk about this on Instagram already. So it's called Fexi. And it's this combination of lactic acid, 1.8%, citric acid, 1%, potassium bitrate, 0.4%. It's this vaginal birth control gel that comes in a small applicator, like a tampon, and it works immediately and can be used up to an hour before sex. So basically, you apply the gel before you have sex and only use it when you need it. But you have to apply it again before each act of vaginal sex. So when you try it, remember, one dose, one hour, one act. And I have to tell you guys how it works because it's insane, really. Like, I kind of geeked out when I learned this. And you know me, I had to overshare. We're going to go there. Normally, without Fexi, when a guy comes and semen enters the vagina, it causes the pH of your vagina to increase, which allows sperm to keep swimming and make their way up there to fertilize your egg. Are you listening, Michael and Taylor? So Fexi works by maintaining the vaginal pH to a level that reduces the mobility of the sperm, reducing the chance of the sperm reaching the egg. How awesome is that? While Fexi could be a great option for many women like me who are seeking hormone-free birth control, it isn't right for everyone. So be sure to tell your healthcare provider if you have a recent history of three or more urinary tract infections per year. And obviously, as with any new birth control, be sure to check for any ingredients in Fexi you or your partner may be allergic to. The most common side effects reported by clinical trial participants are vaginal burning, itching, and yeast infection. Some male partners also reported local discomfort. And remember, Fexi only works when used before sex, and it doesn't protect against STIs, including HIV. To learn more about Fexi, ask your healthcare provider and visit Fexi.com for complete product information. That is P-H-E-X-X-I dot com. And Michael, don't pop a boner. Like, I don't want to get too stuck in the weeds where people are like, what the hell is going on here? But I think like a lot of the listeners, you know, I I go back and forth with this show because a lot of what we're doing is we're interviewing different people and extracting information out of them. But then sometimes you got to realize that for a segment of the listenership and not all, maybe some will tune out of this one, there is an interest in our personal lives as well. And obviously like you play a very large part in our personal life. One, our best friend, two, godfather to our kid, three, business partner, founder of Woo. And I think people are interested in that dynamic and specifically interested in potentially what makes that dynamic work. Because it's a rare scenario where not only are you my best friend, but separately you and Lauren are best friends outside of the relationship that you and I have. Like we didn't have groomsmen and maid of honor and bridesmaids and all that shit at our wedding. I wanted to eliminate any drama and and be thoughtful about it. And Weston was basically both of our maid of honor and groomsmen when he spoke. Why do you think you and I are such good friends and you and Lauren are such good separately? And that's also existed in different time where like there's been times when Lauren and I haven't been together or in the past and like you guys still maintained a friendship and vice versa. And like, what do you, th- what do you think makes each of those friendships individually? Like, what do you think makes each of those friendships work individually? Yeah, well, I mean, also you don't f- remember like we were going through college and then when Lauren came back into your life, when Lauren first started dating you again, I, I actually was pretty mad <laughs> because basically Michael was my wingman and all of a sudden Michael was gone every weekend in San Diego visiting you. That's kind of fucked so up. So huh? at, at first I was like, I was very angry, but then I like, you know, and I was still young and immature. So, but once 
like I realized like this is what's happening. And then like Lauren and I's friendship then started to kind of rekindle because like we were off at college. She wasn't really, we weren't like that close in parts of high school. So then once kind of college ended and you guys started really dating is when the kind of like the three like relationship like really started to become strong. Right. And so you and I had, we were roommates in college all throughout high school, even in, we started kind of doing small things in business outside of college. So we had like a very consistent track record and we had a long time to build up that friendship and that relationship. And we could live together. We could work together. We went to school together. So it was all these different things that we connected on and were able to do. And then kind of when Lauren came back in, into your life and then I started becoming closer with her, I really started seeing that, you know, Lauren and I are also very similar in a sense of like personality and creativity. And there's a lot of different aspects that I could kind of dive into that relationship and work on with her. It's interesting because we all get along together, but we all are like completely different people, but it all just like somehow kind of works. What's interesting to me about a lot of the relationships that like I've analyzed this later and like, this is weird. I'm not like a woo-woo guy, but you're a Gemini. You're a Gemini. You guys are completely two different types Mimi's of Gemini. Mimi's a Gemini and your best friend's Mimi too. And my friend Alex Nicola Moose Knuckles is a Gemini. I have a lot of Gemini friends, but it's interesting because like you guys are completely different types of Gemini. Like Weston's a little bit more reserved, all, extremely creative. Lauren's obviously like more outspoken and creative. But I think what I personally get from each of the relationships is, is something that I don't have. Like I, I envy you guys and your creativity because it's something that I just don't like I, I'm creative in other ways but not the same way like not an artistic creative like you guys are we said that the other day when we were having margaritas that Weston and I are Walt Disney and you're Roy Disney well that was a pretty high praise of yourself <laughs> to be honest let's 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 I mean I'm out here creating it's a small world bitch well, no, what I was saying is that Walt is my, first of all, way to humble yourself and compare yourself to Walt Disney. But, um, <laughs> Walt Disney. but second, um, I'm just saying the dynamic similar, like Walt was, Walt, Walt was focused on creativity and Roy was more analytical. Well, let me say this. I think in any kind of business relationship, personal relationship, intimate relationship, like where I think people run into trouble is they, they get with the same type of person that has the same type of traits and same type of skills and same type of personality. It's like what you're drawn to, right? Somebody that is similar to you, your values, your beliefs, the way you operate, like the way you behave, all of that stuff. But I think sometimes that's, that's limiting because like what I get out of the relationship with both of you is you guys bring things to the table that I personally don't have. And what I was saying about Walt Disney and Roy Disney, you guys were basically talking high praise of what Walt Disney built in terms of like the Disney empire. But I say there's a lesser known part of that, which is people forget that Roy Disney helped keep all that afloat from the financial logistical side and it all would have crumbled out. So I think in every relationship, you need kind of both. And I bet if you were to look into most success stories, typically there's typically two people that are complementing each other in, in any kind of like entity organization or marriage or relationship. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's a big aspect of why our partnerships and our businesses work on top of the friendship, right? It's because we're when we're working on these businesses and we're building these businesses, we're all bringing something different to the table. Like if if Lauren and I were bringing the same thing or you and I, like it, it wouldn't really like, I don't think it would work out as much because it's like we're both doing the same thing. But like when we're working on our brands, when we're working on our projects, we all have different minds and we all think differently. And when we get together and collaborate, you know, I get to listen to, to Michael's business side of things. He's so savvy and, and on that side. And then also Lauren's creativity and then kind of my in input on my experience. And so like, I think that's a big reason why it works is because we all are so different, but then we all kind of work together. And then there's also trust. And I think the trust comes from like years of friendship. And like Michael and I have gotten into things where we borrowed each other's money, we've gotten into business. And like, there's just things with like, that we've built like somewhat of a brotherhood of trust. And so no matter what we go into, we know that that's there. Yeah. But I think a lot of people get in trouble when they go into relation or business relationships with friends, because 
they either one don't have that level. Like, so here's what I would say. I put our friendship and my relationship with the, my wife above all of the stuff we're working on. Like if you, like if you came to me and was like, Hey, we got to shut down woo, which we can talk about in a second. And because it's affecting our friendship, I would just shut it down regardless of what the business was doing. Like, hopefully I would use some of that savviness that you so um, politely said I had and figure a way to get us some, some capital extracted back out of it. But at the end of the day, if it wasn't working, I would just shut it down because the, the friendship comes first. But I think a lot of times people get in relationships and they put the business first and there's a time and place for that when you're working on something, but there's also a time to recognize that like life has more important things. And so I think like going into the partnership with you and Lauren is like knowing that came first because talking about woo, like that a lot of people don't realize this, but that like, as Lauren's more of the face of it and like our brand's been strong on it, but you are really the creative and the visionary behind Woo, and it was your idea to begin with. Yeah, talk about how how Woo started. Like, give us the whole. Well, first, I, I guess it's better to go back and talk about how you and Michael got into business first together, and then how Woo transpired. Yeah, well, I mean, we first got into business. I had I, before Woo, I had a custom furniture business where we designed and built custom furniture in downtown LA, and Michael was a part of that. He invested in it, and he kind of advised me on some aspects of the business to to grow it and whatnot, but. But we were young and bare, like, honestly, even then for me, then for you, like that, that was some of our first ventures. And like, we were so, like, we were really kind of like figuring that out. Like, and I think that was the first intro to like working together and running something and also like kind of getting some business chops. Yeah. I mean, we were, what, I think we start, I started when I was 23 years old in my two car garage. So we were young, but one, once we went on to the next chapter of after the furniture company, Michael and I really wanted to get into business together because we had worked in some projects before Michael was doing a lot of marketing, but he wasn't, he didn't have an actual brand himself that he was building. He was just building a lot of other people's brands. I was looking to start something new. Lauren was like growing her blog like rapidly. And so we started brainstorming like, what can we all do together? Let's come up with a brand. What kind of, what kind of products can we come up with? And kind of say, so my, my wheels started spinning and simultaneously Lauren had just done a post on coconut oil for sex and the post like blew up with her audience and it was doing really well. And so she came running to all of us and was like, you have to try coconut oil for sex. Like, like my audience is loving it. It's so amazing. It's so good. And so of course, you know, ran to Whole Foods, got the big jar of it, tried it. And she was right. It was amazing. Like it was really good. And it's like, <laughs> did you beat your meat with it or did you actually have sex? Yeah. I mean, I had a girlfriend at the time, so I was doing a little bit of both, but so that kind of got my wheel spinning around there. And then I remember the, the night, like I, I was just laying there and I was like, oh shit, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what's the next move? Um, really trying to get my wheel spinning on what we wanted to work with. And I just kind of leaned over and I saw this big thing of coconut oil. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, is there any really brands that are doing the hair products and the skin products and like all the different things you could use coconut oil for? But I was like, was there really any sex brand that was like using coconut oil as like the main basis as an ingredient and was doing it in a cool way and, and kind of using natural and organic ingredients? And this was back in like, like late 2015. So this was like before this whole movement of like sexual wellness and all these like other female brands are out, like nothing was out at this time. And so I immediately called you guys and I, you know, that, that project we've been talking about, what if we did a sex brand and what if we launched a coconut oil, like sex lube? And I remember you guys said immediately, like, that's it, let's fucking do it. And so that was like, that was the beginning. And then from there I had to start brainstorming, coming up with names. We had a couple of brainstorming meetings and then kind of just like started developing the brand around that. It feels like so long ago, like what that looks like. But I, I think about that 
that brainstorming session a lot because at the time we were like in your loft, we were all kind of trying to figure out, Lauren obviously was doing her thing. I was kind of stumbling around trying to figure out my thing. But I think like the groundwork that was laid there, because obviously Wu is an established, powerful brand now. What Wu taught me above all anything was the power of building a brand. And when you think about how much thought we put into it, I think people think like, hey, just came up with a name and like slapped on a label. Like we, we thought about everything down to the name, the origin, how it was going to be perceived in market, what it was going to look like on other shelves, what ingredients, who it spoke to like really put a lot of thought into brand. And I think like dropping what I think is a gem for people that are thinking about building their own business, you can use any kind of advertising tactic or work with any kind of influence or a podcast or get any kind of retail deal. But if you don't have a strong brand to me, like that brand will, will be gone in a few years. Like you need all the things to carry you through. And I think what makes Woo so powerful is you start to see people like the so-called competitors in the space and they start as a sex brand, but then they realize, oh shit, my brand's not very strong and it doesn't really scream sex. So now I'm actually going to be a wellness product. Or they start as a skincare brand. Or I'm, yeah, or I'm going to be, yeah, I'll be a skincare brand that tries to get in this category. Or sex is, is, is difficult to sell and it's an early conversation and people are a little bit squeamish. So now I'm going to introduce a body wash. Um, and this you is can't me, be squeamish if you're in the sex category. Yeah. And this is me kind of indirectly taking some shots at people that have done that, not because I have a sex brand, but because I want to point out like, are you a sex brand or are you, or are you not? And for us, like Woo is unapologetically a sex brand. Like it's meant it's, it has all the other elements that can make people feel good, like good. But it, at the end of the day, like this is for better sex, period. I also think it really works because there's so many different perspectives. Like Weston has really spearheaded this. He's had so many ideas, but I feel like I've been able to add like the feminine aspect and making sure it looks good on the Instagram was so important to us and making sure that everything was tested and tried. And you have Michael and I who can be your test skinny pigs, but also... What a terrible product to have to test. But also Weston did something that I think will be so valuable to our audience. And that is a brand story. Can you, you always talk about this to me. Can you talk about why that book changed your life? I really want to have the author on the podcast. Yeah, it's, and it's a little bit of that book and, and some other like branding things that I've like really dived into. But I believe that the really good brands and the great brands out there, like, of course, they have great products, right? With great ingredients and, and all that stuff. But I think the best brands are solving problems. And what they're doing is they're, they're building a community around that the brand they've built and then they're solving that community's issues. So it's like really diving into like really understanding who your audience actually is, what their problem is and how your brand is gonna come into the guide in their life and basically solve their problems, right? And then you could do so by building your community and with all your, your different social channels and marketing channels, not only giving them products and that they, and tools that they could use to solve those problems, but also giving them value and education and really streamlining it all together. So you're really taking this customer on a journey and really stating out what their current issue is, how we're going to come and help that issue with our, our community building, our value, our education, along with like our products and basically solve the the problem in your life and basically show you what your life could look like if it's fixed. Ooh, you hear that? You know what that is? It is Bev, the first female canned wine brand, okay? It's founded to change not only the way a product's consumed, but the way an industry and culture have operated for generations. Okay, so obviously that industry was very masculine, but now 
Bev is breaking the norms and creating something from a female perspective. I'm about this because it's so cute. I went to a bachelorette party and we got the ladies night varietal pack. They have five varietals, rosé, sauve blanc, pinot gris, pinot noir, and they have this limited edition, which was all the rage at the bachelorette. It's this extra fizzy, sparkling white wine. For me, out of all of them, I'm a fan of the sparkling white wine or the rosé. But honestly, all of them are super dry and crisp and a little fizzy. So they're perfect. They're refreshing. They're delicious. You could enjoy them in the can with a straw. You could even put them in a wine glass with a sprig of mint. The best part, though, and why I think you guys are going to love is that there's zero sugar, zero, and only three carbs, 100 calories per serving. I am in the midst of losing 10 pounds post-baby. It's been a year and a half. And I'm just trying to get those last 10 pounds off. So it's important to me to be very mindful about what I'm consuming when it comes to alcohol. The cans look cute and tiny, but each can is a glass and a half of wine. It's perfect when you don't want to open a bottle of wine just for yourself. You should know a 24-pack is equal to eight bottles of wine. Their wine is great for gifting, housewarming, hosting, social distancing, hangs. It's also obviously amazing for bachelorette parties, and they ship straight to your door. Shipping is always free. As always, we've worked out an exclusive deal for All Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast listeners. You receive 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on all orders. I personally would suggest trying the best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack. This is the one I got for The Bachelorette, and I just think it's nice to be able to try out all their amazing bubbly flavors. You're going to go to drinkbev.com slash skinny or use code skinny at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash skinny. Cheers. Yeah, and it's sometimes also, and I think Wu's done this, solving a problem that people may not even realize is a problem, right? Like by providing better education or at, or at least opening up other conversations. And I think like what I always tell people when we're talking about Wu, it's like, like when is the, what is the first things that like people say when you talk about lubricant? They're like, oh, I don't need it, right? It's like a narrative on their health or their wellness. When it's, and I think what we're saying is you, you don't need it. But this can enhance the experience and make everything better, which leads to more empowerment in the bedroom, which helps build your confidence, which helps build a better relationship, which gets the convert, like the bond of a relationship stronger because you're taking an issue that everybody has, which is sex, whether man, woman, this, that, whatever, and you're making people feel better about it. I think each product too does enhance the experience. For instance, the coconut oil lube makes it so much easier to give a blowjob. It's great for head either way. It makes things taste better. I noticed one of the things that was really grossing me out is I would give you a massage with massage oil and then we would start to have sex. And it was like, I don't want that nasty ass scented massage oil that has all this chemicals in it in my vagina. And so that solved that problem for me. It's like, okay, now I can give you a massage with the coconut oil. And if things happen, great. It doesn't matter. Like you can eat it. You can suck it. You can lick it. You can fuck it. Then for the vibrator, what I noticed is I personally have been using a vibrator since I was like 15 years old. I I love a vibrator. Didn't they just say that you can't call it a vibrator anymore? No, there's like a brand out there that's doing a campaign that wants to take it like seriously. So they don't want to call it a toy because I love a vibrator. I I love a vibrator. What's next? What's next? I love a vibrator alone and during sex always. And so I noticed that when I was talking to a lot of women, they were saying that they never had brought a vibrator into the bedroom. And what I just want to say is like, it helps you for me, be multi-orgasmic. It's amazing. Like it does so many different things that enhances the experience. And then obviously we created the wipes for pre and post sex because it makes cleanup easy. 
And then we created quickies, which is like the lube on the go for when you're going out or you want to have a one night stand or whatever the fuck you want. Anyways, the point is, is that each of the products enhances the experience. And I think we really focused on that. Yeah. And in the, in the whole, the, the bigger message is just, we're bringing better sex to you, right? Like I look at my brain and, and I think if, you know, someone came to me and was like, oh my God, woo is the best. You guys have like the best coconut oil lube. Like to me, that's kind of a fail. Like it's like, yeah, we have a great lube. But if someone came to me and was like, oh my God, I love woo. Woo has changed my sex life. Right. Like that's, that, that's what I want the audience to say. I want them to be, look at woo is like the brand that guided them to a better sex life and not just so focused on the product itself. And I think if we can achieve that as a, as a brand and, and build that community and and change women's and, and their partners like sex life for the better, I think, you know, that is really like what we're trying to do with Woo. Well, I think also like the reason people struggle in the bedroom is because, and this, this is another uh, to going back to like breaking rules, people struggle. I mean, listen, everybody has their own issues, but people struggle, I think, namely in these areas because they're taboo, right? You can't talk about them. You can't bring up issues in a public forum. You can't share it with your friend or your family. Like you can't, these are things that we're taught from a young age that are taboo. And it's funny when you go out and you like pitch a brand like Woo to VCs or to, to some of these guys that are writing checks or girls are writing checks, they're still squeamish. They're like, oh, I don't know if we could talk about that. And to me, that's an indicator that it's obviously something that needs to be addressed because if there's, a, if we know that the entire population at some point is engaging in sex, or well, the majority. What's the big deal about sex? Well, I, I don't get it. That's what I'm saying. It. It's a taboo why, topic. Why is it so taboo? It's, I'm actually, I'm not being a bitch. I'm actually wondering why is it so taboo to talk about sex? Well, it's taboo well, because well, people are taught from a young age that it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's something you can't age. talk With about. With all, you're around sex every day, all day. Why is it so taboo? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, like Michael said, I think it goes back to childhood of us like not being able to talk, like not supposed to be talking about it and kind of like the message that was brought there. And then it's like, you, you're like hiding it from your parents and then your parents don't talk about it. And then like, I think it just develops from there. It's my problem with a lot of the brands that try to engage in this space to begin with. It's like they start, but then it gets a little uncomfortable and they get a little pushback, whether that's from a VC or a consumer or like, you know, a media company. And they're feeling like, oh, I can't really talk about this. And then they shy away and they say, okay, we're not, we're going to kind of sweep the sex conversation under the bed and be a wellness brand. It's like, no, let's talk about sex openly. Let's get people comfortable. If there's issues that they want to address, Let's make them comfortable sharing those issues because ultimately that's going to empower people to be better in the bedroom, feel more confident, have better relationships. And that's ultimately the point of a brand like Woo. Speaking yeah. of sweeping things under the bed and shying away from conversations. Oh my God, you going to go down this route? I know exactly what uh, she's going to say. Question, if you go back to high school, I'm out. No, I'm not. I might go back to high school. Like you missed, you sweeped over so much shit in high school and college. It's not even fair. I'm going to do a podcast by myself that outs both of you. We'll, just, we'll save that. Thank um, God social media Speaking of sweeping enough. shit under the bed, everyone wants to know you're single. Yeah. I get thousands of messages on social media when I post you. Thousands. Why are you single and what are you looking for? Why am I single? I think right now I'm at a place in my life where I'm not, I don't want to dive into a relationship. And unless I see that girl is like the mother of my children, the girl I'm going to marry. Right. Like I don't, I'm at a place in my life. I don't want to waste anyone's time. I don't want to waste my time. So I'm just kind of being patient in the sense of like, until the right girl comes along that I foresee that, like I said, could be the mother of my children that I want to marry. And then I could really dive into that. And, and the past you know, few years, I just haven't really successfully come across that. Do you know what you just did? Your DM, you're fucked now. Your DMs are going to be going <laughs> here's off the, the Here, Here's the thing. Though. Here's, here's the thing. Here's I can't tell if you're being manipulative or serious. I think no, no, you're no, being here, serious, but like, good luck, here's, here's good the luck thing, clearing though. that inbox, buddy. Here's the thing though, too, is, is on top of that, like, I don't mind being single because the past two, three years, 
I've had the most like independent growth I've had for my, the rest of my life combined, right? And it has a lot to do with me being single and, and me being by myself and figuring out all my internal problems and really like chipping away who I am, what my problems are, what my issues are and how to solve those on my own and be independent, right? Versus dive into a relationship and be codependent on all these like different aspects of my life that I'm weak on. Like I've had the opportunity to really like understand myself, understand who I am, what I want and, and be in that, that mindset of like bettering myself as a human. And then, so when I do get to the point of like, I find the love of my life and I want to go into that relationship, like I'm completely independent going into that and self-sufficient. And of course, like, you know, whoever comes on is, is, will, you know, help build that and, and, you know, build a relationship, but I'm not going into something where I'm like saying like, well, if I had a girlfriend, like I would do this, this and this, right? Like I'm completely like independent and, and, and a very like content, peaceful, happy place with myself. Right. And so that when I go on to that relationship, like it could also it'd be a healthy relationship. So I think I don't like, I don't regret being single the past few years at all. And, and not having found like the love of my life yet, because I've had so much growth and it's made me that much more better of a person. What is the mother? I know this, but what is the mother of your child look like? Like, what are some traits that you're looking for? Yeah. I mean, I think probably one of the most important things would be like a very strong intellectual connection. Right. What I mean by that, of course, like, you know, she would have to be on somewhat of like the same like intelligence level. So we could have very like stimulating, like deep conversations. But on top of that, like have similar, you know, characteristics of similar ambitions, similar outlooks on life, family and things like that. So that that is high. I mean, I read something about like the difference in some people's relationships. A lot of the relationships end at like two years or something like that because they're not really having these like deep intellectual conversations, right? Like when they get home from work, they're like, oh, how was your day? Oh, it was good. I was tired. How was your day? Oh, it was exhausting. It sucked. And then it ends there, right? But like, what about these other relationships where you dive into that? And you're like, oh, how was your day? Well, actually like this, this, and this happened. And you have like over dinner, over, over a glass of wine, you're actually like conversing you're ha- and, you're, and, and you're having deep stimulating intellectual conversations and learning about each other and, and stimulating each other. And like, and there's so much on that like, communication side that I feel like is so many relationships are on surface level. So to me, having like that intellectual connection is probably one of the biggest things. And, and you could find that out pretty quickly on a couple from date one plus date two. You pretty much know if that connection is really there or not. I would say another trait would definitely be nurturing, right? I don't, not in a nurturing way where like I want you to do my dishes and I want you to like pack my lunch and I want you to like do my laundry. Not like that at all. But like more just kind of like nurturing aspects of your really, and I don't know, like just kind of. Give the Justin Bieber example, because that was a good example you gave me the other night. Yeah, like like for instance, like he like bites into this burger and he's like, oh, what is this? And, and Haley looks over and she's like, oh, I got I got you the, the impossible burger, right? So it's like little things where like I want a burger, but you get me like a healthier one because you're looking out for my health or you're making sure I'm doing my skincare routine or like just little like nurturing aspects in there. And that also then relates to, it's like, it, it shows me, it's like, wow, like she would, she's going to be a great mother. Right. So it's like, not only is she giving me like little nurturing bits and like uplifting me and like supporting me in my life, but you also foresee that like, even before you have children, you just, you have, you know, like she's going to be a great mother. Well, I think like what one, I, I personally have seen that growth for you and I, and it's, it's pretty cool to watch because I think you, like have really come into your own personality. And I think so many people get in trouble, especially like if you've been somebody that <clears throat> jumps from relationship to relationship is because you, you have a really difficult time when you're with someone for a long time. And like, this is something that Lauren and I have to work out where you start to kind of like become a version of them or a version of someone else. And I think what you've done is you've really like 
grown into yourself. And so now you're able to distinguish exactly what you want. And so many people, Lauren and I talk about this on the show all the time, get into these things where they settle because like, oh, like it's time or I need to have children or like the clock's ticking, I need to get married. But they never really think, like start to think about like who they are, what they actually want, the type of person that's going to be able to go through the long haul with them in life. And I think the only way you can do that is really get in touch with yourself and develop a sense of independence so that when you go and find that person, kind of exactly what you're looking for, at least relatively what you're looking for. Interesting fun fact about you. You did not know if you wanted children until you met your goddaughter. Yeah, hundred percent. I was very on the. I mean, what, what, it, was, it was only what a year ago, so I was thirty-two. Yeah, and I was definitely on the fence of you know. Thirty-three. Do, How old are you? Was I thir- I'm thirty-three now. Oh, but you turned thirty-four in May. I turned thirty-four in like a month. Yeah. Okay, I get it. All right, I was, I was like, wait, how old am I? I know we're you're a little older than me. But I was on the fence of like, yeah, do I, do I want a family and, and take that route? Or do I want to do more of like the route of traveling the world and, and focusing on business? Travel and, the world, travel the world. And those aspects of like Trust that. Me. But once, once like I, I saw everything from beginning to the end, right? From the day you guys told me you were pregnant in Cabo to watching Lauren go through all the different stages of the nine months to like being in the hospital the next day after like Zaza was born. And then once she was born, pretty much getting to be like in her daily life and seeing like every little aspect and not only seeing her, but seeing the experience that you two went through. And that's what kind of changed me is like seeing like the love and the experience and the creating the child and then the child's there. And that whole thing, it was like instantly, I was like, I need children in my life. Like I want a family. Like it was like there after that, it was no argument. It was like, this is the path I want. You built your goddaughter the most extravagant, bougie, beautiful, chic bassinet I have ever seen in my life. How did you decide to do that? And can you do it for sale? Because a lot of people want to know about it. Yeah. I mean, I think once I knew you guys were going to have a kid and I was kind of like, oh, I, I need to build, I need to build whoever their kid, you know, whether it was a girl or a boy, like I want to build them something. Right. And I, in my past life, I was like a furniture designer. So that was like my, that was like my passion. That was my daily life. And then once I got into woo, I didn't have a shop anymore. I didn't have tools. I didn't have like that creative outlet that I had before. And like when I had it, I didn't realize how much I would miss it until it was gone. And so it had been like over a year since I'd built anything and I had all that creative or whatever you call it, just like I had nowhere to like, kind of like alleviate it and do anything with it. So I was like, I want to do a project for Michael and Lauren's kid. When they, and, and, and so then when the pregnancy went farther along and we knew it was going to be a girl, I started diving in, okay, what do I want to do? It wasn't going to be like a boring dress or anything like that. You want the crib safe. I don't want, I didn't want to like step like over boundaries on like, because you guys wanted to pick out some things. So then I kind of settled on a bassinet. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a bassinet, but I don't want to do a standard bassinet. We got to do something fun. And then I just pulled different elements from just different things I'd saw in life. I saw this weird like teepee bassinet one time and I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. And then we all took a trip to New York and we're at Berg, what is it, Bergman? We were having mimosas at Bergdorf. Yeah, Bergdorf. And we saw this like flamingo lamp there that Lauren fell in love with. So I kind of just pulled all these different things together and then had visualized like this like beautiful, almost like nest type part that she would sleep in that was made out of like alpaca and I think it was Mongolian sheepskin. And so then I just, it's interesting, I don't really deal with like rendering programs and do it all. I just kind of, it's inside my head and then I put a pen to paper and I just do a few things and then I start building it. Let's take a break from Weston to talk about one of my favorite things, and that is sleep. Don't screw with my sleep. I thought you were going to say something else, Lauren, but I'll, I'll go with sleep. <laughs> no, sleep. It's all activities in the bedroom. Yeah. Sleep is my thing. Like, don't, if you wake me up wrong, 
it's, it's not going to work. And you know what else is not going to work if I don't have a comfortable mattress? And that is why I am so excited to tell you guys that Helix launched a company called Birch Living, and they are making the best, most insane organic mattresses in the game. Birch makes these organic, non-toxic mattresses made right here in America. They're shipped straight to your door with no contact delivery, free shipping, free returns, and a 100-night sleep trial. We just moved to Austin. I have been very particular since I gave birth, and I'm all about the organic mattress. Zaza has one. We have one now. It came straight to our door, like I said, and you get all the incredible comfort of a mattress from the makers of Helix, but with that premium organic material. You're going to love it. Like I said, it's made right here in America. It's just four materials that come straight from nature. So what's in it? Because you know I asked. Organic latex, organic New Zealand wool, American steel springs, and an organic cotton cover so about this. It's certified organic and the materials are naturally and sustainably sourced. And you're going to have this amazing night's rest that you feel good about. You're not breathing in nasty rat shit. You know what I mean, Michael? I do know what you mean, Lauren, because we have them all at our house now. With this mattress, I feel like I can lay my head down and I'm not breathing in toxic stuff. I was reading a lot about what you can be breathing in from your mattress and it's wild. So if you're in the market for a new mattress, I would definitely recommend checking out organic mattresses. It's a huge upgrade. The delivery is quick. It's easy and it looks really beautiful. So definitely check out birchliving.com skinny. And I have to mention this, they have a 25-year warranty. So if you get it and you try it out for 100 nights and you don't like it, you can send it back. It's risk-free. And lucky you, Birch is giving $200 off all mattresses and they're giving two free EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com skinny. You guys, that's $200 off all mattress orders and two free EcoRest pillows. Enjoy. Everyone wants to know, why aren't you dating Mimi? Why am I not dating Mimi? And just to give context, Mimi is my sister and Mimi's always around. Mimi's Michael's best friend. Mimi's... I have a theory about why you, like, if you both have not found these people, I think you guys show up to places and people assume that you're together or the people... Mimi and Weston are best friends. Can you explain, like, so everyone wants to know about Mimi. Like, Mimi's out hunting guys, you're out hunting girls, and then all of a sudden you guys show up at the bar and nobody's approaching either of you. They think you're a couple. Well, I mean, I've known Mimi like quite a while long. And when I met her, she was Lauren's little sister and she was very young. So she like immediately from the beginning I met her, I always took her on as like a younger sister, kind of like looking out for type. I never looked at her as like a potential, like someone I would want to date. He met Mimi just to give context when she was literally seven years old. Yeah, I wasn't seven, but it was like... No, she, she was seven. How she was seven. So, I mean, yeah, obviously at that point, I'm not looking at Mimi as like a, someone potentially I could date. And then as we got older, our friendship just like more like stronger and stronger. And so she... Uh, she's always just been kind of like not necessarily like a little sister but like in a way like that and she's always just been a part of the family and we've just built a really strong friendship and yeah i don't might really kind of fuck other. up the dynamic Lauren. no i i'm not saying you guys should date people are just wondering if you do date and like what your relationship is like yeah i mean she's like she's one of my best friends and like we just have like a really good friendship and honestly like i i truly like hanging out with women more than i hang out with men anyway so like it's it's fun to kind of go around and, and have a friend have a, a girl who's just like one of my best friends who's purely friendship and we could go run around and have fun and do whatever we want not have to like stress about that aspect of you know relationship you are attracted though to women as friends with masculine energy yeah but i but i i, I, lo- I mean i love women like i would hang out with women and way over men you both are time. 
You both like I mean, women are so dynamic and interesting. Our other best friend Gillian it has so much masculine energy. You guys both are attracted to women with masculine energy. Next question is: You talked about working on yourself. I know the work that you do on yourself every single day. Are there like routines, tips, tactics that you do every single day that are non-negotiable? Yeah, I mean, there's like morning routines, right? If you want to hear about that, yes, I we mean, do. Yeah, I mean, you want my actual daily Specific. morning routine? I know you have. I know you're like down to the like minute. Yeah, I wake up. First thing I do is I take a shower because I need to like wake up. I take a hot shower, followed by like a little bit of a cold shower. And then I immediately right off the shower, I do the Wim Hof breath work, which I don't know if the audience is familiar with, but it's basically like an app and a guy named Wim Hof. And he has like these different breath exercises. You Wim's can do. been on the show. Yeah. Google TSC podcast. And then right after the breath work, I read the Daily Stoic and kind of reflect on that. And then immediately after the Daily Stoic, I go into like a 10 to 15 minute meditation using one of the apps, either mainly use Calm or sometimes Insight Timer. And then from there, go into my workout, work out for about 45 to an hour, take a second shower, and then usually try to squeeze in a little bit of reading or if I'm having to, like, or I just dive right into work. And your work is like very structured. Weston's a very organized person. He hates the way I email. He's very efficient. You're the type with inbox zero, your to-do list. You're just so organized. Can you give someone like me tips on how to be more organized like that? Oh, I've been trying to teach you to be organized since 2017. Lauren, you're a lost cause. <laughs> I'm organized in a chaotic way. So you're unorganized. <laughs> yeah, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, what? How did you get involved in the Skinny Confidential? Because you and I together have, I, I think you've been like huge. I would say 50% of the reason that the product line is here. You've helped me every single step of the way with every detail, every creativity part, the packaging, the copy, the website, the manufacturing, the shipping, all the different things that you have to do. Now the marketing, the distribution, and also future products. How did you get involved with that? And more importantly, why is it that you feel so comfortable being creative in such a women-heavy brand? Because you are very comfortable with it. Yeah, well, I mean, we the, we first started working on TSC because I was building Woo and we were all just kind of working at the same offices. And again, we're all best friends. So we're all just kind of intertwined in everything. And you were like in talks of coming up with a product line. And then you started basically coming up with concepts and ideas. And it kind of like, as I was doing Woo, we hadn't launched yet. We were still just doing a bunch of the initial R&D. So you kind of came to me and said, hey, can you help me put together like a few mood boards for inspiration on the brand and kind of what we want to do with it? And so we kind of just started building like Pinterest boards and like the synergy just kind of started to build from there. And then it, it kind of built on itself of just then sourcing manufacturers and then working with like, the amazing designer that, you know, does all the renderings for us that we work with really just kind of, it, it went hand in hand because Woo was like basically like the first one. So it was all trial and error because I'd never done any of this thing before. So Woo was really like a test company of like really learning the ins and outs of the manufacturing and the logistics and the marketing and all that stuff. So then kind of TSC, it was like second nature. We, after we learned that, we just basically implemented the same model that we built with Woo into TSC. I mean, as far as like the, the design aspect, it's been interesting because the furniture I used to design was very masculine. It was very like industrial and masculine and kind of gentleman-like. And so kind of taking to switch that and go completely like designing for female has been interesting. It's actually been a challenge, but in the end, I enjoy probably designing for a female than I do a male. Why? Because they appreciate it more, generally speaking. 
Yeah, just because like I said, like females are very like dynamic. It's like you look at like like they actually care. Like they're diving in, like they're really like into like their clothing and their skincare routine and like what their nails look like and what their hair is doing and their skin and every single little aspect. I mean, and like and they actually like they're putting outfits together and like they're building like this whole story in their head and like this whole thing. Like men are, you know, at least most men, it's like you go to Target and give them like a white tee and a pair of sweatpants and they just walk out the door and they don't give a shit what they're wearing. You know what I mean? So like again, even when it comes to furniture or tools, it's like, yeah, like I design you know a piece for a male he's like oh that's cool blah, blah. but like he just kind of like he just needs it there right but like the female actually like appreciates it and she cares and she you know wants to learn how to like bring it full like the full picture and and it just at the end of it it just yeah i think that females are much more like dynamic and interesting and like that aspect that that re- i really enjoy designing for the process of the ice roller how it only took five years yeah, it was pretty intense, but that's because we wanted every detail to be right. What was that like working together? <sighs> it was rough, man. <laughs> it was rough. And easy. What was that like? I You're mean, like got, my wrangler. Yeah, we got we got through it. I mean, honestly, it's like the, the, there's some points where it's like, oh my god, but like <laughs> I, I believe in you so much, and I believe in like honestly like I'm so amazed by what you've built and the community you've built around you. And, and I, I truly think you're at the best of what you do and being able to like build a community around you and give such good value to your audience. And so like, I always saw that and I always believed in that. So like when we got into like the nitty and the gritty of like the manufacturing and the prototypes and all the chaos with that, like I always believed in it. That like I, we just got to get through this phase and it's going to be amazing. So it was never like a point of like, oh my God, like, you know, what like, a joint you know what I mean like what's going on or or whatnot it was it was always just like we got to get this done to build it so then we could get to a point but like yeah there was a lot of points of just like it was chaos how gnarly was it to get the tones right oh my god man (laughs) I'm really specific about tones Weston will tell you I I need the tones to be right it's very very important to me yeah but Uh, I mean it's all necessary things right it's just like it's like, I, like I think all those, like knowing the tones, like and that perfection, like that's what you get the product you want. So it's like at the end, the end product is like it needs like that visionary to like look at that side of things. But the process of getting to that point, like it's hard. There, there's a lot of like aspiring creators, call them influencers, YouTubers, bloggers. I think that listen to this show or hopefully listen to so many listen to the show. And I think like the the piece of advice I have when you're starting to think from taking your brand from like a media outlet, which is, you know, social, YouTube, Instagram, blog, like when you're actually creating content to like an actual brand is people think that they, they build this audience and then like they're building the audience so they can eventually sell to them. Right. Like that's the, and that's the wrong intention. But what, and so what they do in those scenarios, they go, cool, I've got a sizable audience. Don't let me slap my label on anything, any kind of like product that comes along with that's merch or clothing or like a notebook or this or that. And they just slap a label on and, and then they expect people to come through and buy all of it. But I, I think the, the bigger takeaway is to like be really thoughtful about your community and the brand you're building and and what you want to serve that community with and like take the time to actually develop all this because it has much more longevity than just slapping a label onto something quickly. As much as you guys want to talk about business tips, the audience wants to talk about sex, partners, all the, the those things. So what's a sex tip? You can't sell sex for a living and not give a good sex tip. Yeah, I think here's, I'll go into like a kind of macro on that is, I really believe, you know, after diving into this, like if you really look at our society, like we, we treat like our health very seriously. We treat like our fitness very seriously. We treat our mental health very seriously. Like we're doing all the things with those things, right? We're 
we're going to the gym, we're doing yoga, we're working out, eating um, healthy, we're meditating, eating healthy. All this stuff, yeah, yeah, for mental health, we're reading, we're meditating, we're doing breath work. And so like, we're, ta- we're carving time out of our day to do all these things to like better ourselves, right? But like, I really look at a lot of different couples and it's like, they're not doing that with sex, right? They're not carving out the extra time to like chip away at sex. And they think for whatever reason, I don't know if they just think like sex is this magical thing that it's supposed to do on its own. You don't have to work at it. But what I see is like, I mean, if you just treated your relationship and, and your sexual life, like you treated like your health or your fitness or your mental health or and your you business. actually or your business. And you you were educating yourself about it. You were communicating about it. You put things in the calendar for little things here and there. Like you you actually paid attention to your partner and realized, you know, like, okay, what love language is she? Is she touch? Is she words of affection? Is what's she... my love language? <laughs> Do you... No, what's my love language? No, no, no. Don't you, deflect. It's, what's my it's love language? words of affirmation. No, it's and not. And acts of yeah, service. Words, no, it's words not. of affirmation. No, no it's not. Lauren, That's where you don't get it. It's not words of and, affirmation. No, and touch. No, yeah. it's touch. No, Lauren, you... Depending on which way the wind blows, you try to you try to take five and trick that you try to like take three or four of the five. You I'm pick a Gemini, one. bitch. Yeah, that's a that's a listen. today. It's touch. Lauren and I have it's this touch, long, so. long going joke where I'm like, that's a trap. It's a trap. Like this is everything's a trap. A trap. trap question. Go ahead, Wes. This is a trap. Having Weston talk yeah. about this. No, but I mean, like, like take the time out of the day of, of like of having that conversation, right? There's one thing other: take time out of your day and talk to your partner and then really like learn like what their love language is. And like, there's so much you could do with that in a situation. You know what I mean? I look at friends all the time. It's like, oh, my girlfriend's birthday is coming up. What should I get her? Blah blah blah. And a lot of people just wait last minute. They'll get something expensive like a purse or a bag or an iPad or something like that. And as you've actually Guilty. like, if you actually dove in and you and you like understood like like your girlfriend and or, or your wife and and what her love language is and what she likes and you say like okay she's she likes quality time she's her love language is quality time and she really has a new act for cooking it's like okay well you know what i'm gonna do for her birthday i'm gonna go down to you know italy and i'm gonna sign up for this like pasta making class and her and i on a tuesday night i'm gonna get off work early and we're gonna go down to like italy and we're gonna have this like chef like teach us how to make like fresh made pasta and then afterwards i'm gonna take her out to dinner and we're going to have this like lovely night. And it's like how much more she would appreciate that and how much stronger the relationship would be versus like just throwing a bag at, like in her face saying happy birthday. My birthday is May 21st. And what I want on my birthday is all five of my love languages hit. I, I see, told you, you, can't, you have to pick one. I told <laughs> no, you. I want like an hour for each one. Okay. Lauren. And from Wes, I want like a wind chime yeah, we or can do a bird a feeder. We can make I a want bird a bird feeder. feeder. <laughs> How many think we okay? That was like eight demands in one there. Yeah, I want all my love languages hit on my birthday. I'm not joking. Lauren, you know, I always joke with Lauren. I'm like, if she's like, oh, I, if, if we broke up, I'm like, listen, God save the next guy that has to take this thing on. You think I'm a lot? Yeah, you're a lot. You're a lot, Lauren. You don't think he's a lot? He's a lot too. That's why it works though. Who do you like better? That was a question. No, I mean, I'm not like, I love both of you guys the same. What's the differences? I mean, there's two, there's two completely different relationships in that sense. How so? I thought we'd get to the bottom of this here. Yeah, let's get to the bottom. Yeah, well, I mean, like Michael and I do like a lot of business together. And so that, and like also like Michael is like one of the smartest guys I know. So it's like, Michael, there's a lot of things, business strategy that's going on that we're going over. Even like if it's something in my personal life, like, and he has like, hey, I have the, I'm in this pickle. I could go to him and, and really like help me like get out of that pickle or give me really good advice on like what I need to do for that. But that goes both ways, honestly. Yeah, but it, but it's like, yeah, yeah. It got me out of a pickle or two. Yeah, that's true. I think, uh, here's a, here's no, a, di- no, 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 here's no, a no. diplomatic way to answer the question. Weston and I have been through a lot more together. That's rude. 
I mean, I mean if you think, just, of, if you think about it, it's the truth. Like we've we've been through a lot with each other. I think Weston and I have been through a lot we together. Both, Weston and I both know where the bodies were buried. Yeah, yeah. we could say that on a podcast. That's but true. like, if there was like, the, we know where the skeletons in the closets are. Yeah. And I and, and with Lauren, it's much more. Again, I, you get more of that feminine side, right? So she's constantly, you know, asking me, "How's my life going? How's this going?" So it's a little bit more of a nurturing thing, where like I could have like more mini like therapy sessions with like you know how the girl I'm dating is going or this issue with work and she's able to like, kind of like absorb that from like a female perspective. So yeah, there's just... So you're saying I'm not nurturing. Not so, so if anyone's single, go and introduce yourself on Weston's latest photo at Weston Mitchell. This has been one big dating ad. No, maybe it has. <laughs> it hasn't been a dating ad. Weston has so much he brings to the table. I think that you've also come out of your shell so much. I feel like you used to be so shy. This is what I tell everyone about Weston. He's so shy until you get to know him and then he doesn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I think Weston talks more than you and me. You Once really you think so? Yeah. Big chatterbox. Yeah. No, not Once that bad. Not know that you. bad. Maybe yeah. a few drinks in me now. Yeah. You like to talk. That's fine. I like that you like to talk. What's one thing that would surprise the audience about you? Oh my God. We have to go down these fucking questions. Yeah. That's a hard question to answer. I wouldn't know that. I mean, like I wouldn't know how to answer that question. I think what would surprise the audience about Weston is how into the five senses he is. So if you walk into his house, the music's the right volume. Michael grew up with not knowing what the right volume of the music is. So that's like really, really gnarly for him. I showed my I showed my wife today how my dad used to wake me up for school. Open the kick open the door, slam the light on, say, get up. Michael's parents never dimmed a light for him. They never turned on music for him. They never let a candle. So it's weird to be around me and Weston. I know for you, like you didn't know what light dimmers were. I was like a cat on a tin roof. Weston <laughs> has the right volume of music. He has always got Hermanos Gutierrez playing. I showed you guys that music. You, you play it yeah, too you loud. Did. You did. You play it too loud. You walk into his house. You got a shot of mezcal tequila with a blood orange slice with tahini on it. You are an amazing chef. And you have incense going, candles going. Your house is like such a vibe. And I think the five senses thing is so rare. Jesus Christ, Lauren. This is like, like a game show for who's going to date Wesson. No, I'm just saying the five senses to me is like so important. And I hope my daughter is grows up in that. If I didn't know your two dynamics so well, I'd be a little worried. But I, I know you too well. I know it would never work out. So I'm not worried at all. No, no, we're just friends. We're just best friends. But... That would be a plot twist. So imagine the follow up. The five senses is extremely. My my best friend ran off with my girl. No, that's like my brother. Honestly, sometimes I think me, you just take over. Take the (laughs) the wheel. I'm tired. Honestly, couldn't handle that one. Yeah. But you know what? Zaza is going to grow up surrounded by her godfather and me and our five senses. And we're not going to put the cortisol vibes onto her. All right. So the way you woke up, I had to teach Michael. It took. 10 years to teach Michael that I don't like to be woken up with slams and the blow dryer and the I lights. don't use a blow dryer. I haven't used a blow dryer Michael, in 10 years. You, the way you wake up when I first started dating you was unlike anything I've ever seen. All right, Wes. Well, I'm glad we got you on the show. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we made this happen. We didn't have to, hopefully we don't have to scrap this one. What's a... <laughs> we might. <laughs> what's a, a book, a podcast, or a resource that's brought you a lot of value that you would leave our audience with? There is... I just listened to one on... Uh, uh, a podcast on um, Ed Milet show. It was one from a while ago. I think it was earlier this year, but I think the guy's, its name is like Peter 
Kroll or something like that. But that, it was a really good podcast on on Ed Milet's podcast. On Ed Milet's podcast, yeah. and it was like he really diving into like you know the psychology of learning how to be. And of course, there's like tons of podcasts on being in the present, right? But like his perspective of like not to look back at the past and like basically looking into the future and and there's no point in, in having like negative thoughts, which causing anxiety in the future because you have no idea what's going to happen. Like that negative anxiety energy might as well be positive because that future. So the, it was just like one of those podcasts that was like really the overall like message was like how to find peace and happiness. But like the way that he kind of like his method that he was telling Ed Milet, and I think he's wrote like a few books or whatnot, was just very interesting to me. That I gotta check that one out. I love that. He's coming on the show again. Just so everyone knows, Weston moved to Austin. We all moved to Austin. He is here in Austin. Let's see. Again, another dating plug. At Weston Mitchell. At Weston Mitchell. All right, Wes. Before you go, do we have a do we have a code that we could give everybody for Woo? I know we always have codes. Yeah, let's get let's get good sex for everybody. We are going to give a code to our audience, sex with Wes. That's S-E-X-W-I-T-H-W-E-S. Sex with Wes. Wes is going to give everyone better sex. If I were you, I would start with the vibrator. Everyone loves a vibrator. I mean, even guys like a vibrator on their balls. It's nice <laughs> to have a little jiggle down under. <laughs> Lauren, don't generalize us, guys. All right? that's, that's very sexist of you. All right, um, everybody. So follow. What's your Instagram? Pimp yourself out. Where can everyone find Woo on the site? Woo Instagram. Yeah, personal Instagram is just at Weston Mitchell. And of course, the business, which is more important, is at Woo More Play. And let's do a little giveaway. If you want to win the vibrator and the lube, which is a great set, all you have to do is go to Weston Mitchell's latest Instagram at Weston Mitchell and tell him your favorite part of this podcast and then follow at Woo More Play. Wes, you can come back anytime, but next time you guys got to get a little bit more micro about high school because you guys left a couple gaps. Listen, Lauren, Wes and I do something really good and that's leave stuff in the past. And <laughs> yeah. that, that belongs in the past. Well, I'm going to do my own solo episode all about high school and elementary school and me bleeding on Mr. Kohler's seat. With that, thanks for coming on, Wes. Thanks, guys. Do you want to win some Woo More Play? All you have to do to win the bundle is comment on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick, your favorite part of this episode, and follow at Play on Instagram. Super easy, and it will spice up your sex life.